Fulton, you want to introduce yourself to our podcast? Me, Fulton. <laughs> Bridget. <laughs> Can anything more than that? Diane? Words Are you going by Diane? We didn't yeah. discuss this. No, I'm definitely Fulton. You're definitely Fulton. Yeah. That's your name. Diane is so matronly. I... You know? <laughs> what about people that know you as Diane? Are they going to be upset? Well, that woman's dead. So. Oh. <laughs> So they'd be amazed if they... <laughs> Great. All right. She's alive. <laughs> Diane Fulton-Wald. Yeah. And, uh... Bridget Christine Murdoch? Catherine. C. Pretty close. Murdoch. My mother's Christine. <laughs> yeah, Chrissy. I think that's where I got Good it. old Chrissy. Bridget Chrissy Murdoch? Yeah. So Bridget and Fulton, and yeah. this is uh, the inaugural episode of... Inaugural. Inaugural. I know big words, so... Oh, um, spell it. V- Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> v is for vamp. The, uh true crime comedy podcast about notorious women of history. Mm. Ooh. That was a great intro. Thank you. I've been thinking about it in my you head for a while. I think that <laughs> one's forever. I think that we got that one. I think our cold open is good, though. Okay. Yeah. Should we do it? Let's do it. Okay, let me pull up my file, which I might not be able to pull because my phone's on. Oh, I got it. Okay. This is... The Kidnapping of Patty Hearst. Okay. Do you know it? I don't know it. <gasps> Bridget, you don't know it? I don't, maybe, if you if you remind me of the details. Oh my god, this is like a really famous story. Okay. Okay, I but it happened in the 70s, but okay. there is a best-selling book on it recently called American Heiress. Okay. Um, I also don't know how we're both going. You gotta stay close, but don't read my notes. I won't read your notes, I'm sorry. Don't read it. I can't read upside down, so. Okay. That's good. Good. In this Glad. very intimate I'm recording not studio. Teach you. Yeah. <laughs> recording studio. <quote laughs> in my bed. bed. <laughs> in my bed with Fulton's microphone. And a candle holder. And a candle holder <laughs> propping up our microphone. Okay. So, you don't know who Patty Hearst is, and I'm about to enlighten you because this is something that's always interested me. Um, it's like a super weird story. Okay. And uh, there's been a lot of books and like speculation about her. Okay. Um, so, Patty Hearst is the granddaughter of William Randolph Hearst. Okay. Do you know who that is? Remind me again. Okay. William Randolph Hearst is, like, the media mogul. He's from the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. He um, created, uh, like, a bunch of newspapers, basically, in San Francisco and became crazy, crazy rich. Okay. So, he owns uh, or owned Hearst Castle. Do you know that? No. It's in California. It was basically... It's like a huge tourist destination now, Hearst Castle. It used to be like this um, major like zoo. He would import exotic animals into his zoo, um, and then he would invite like movie stars and stuff to come. Um, Have you seen Citizen Kane? Yes. That is based off him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Understood. So this is his granddaughter, Patty. Okay. So two generations later, it's 1954 when she's born. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so she's still living in San Francisco with her family. She is one of five daughters. Um, and she is going to UC Berkeley. Okay. That is her college career. She's 20. What year is this? This is, um, 1974. Okay. So she is about, she is 19 years old at Mm -hmm. this point at UC. Um, and her family isn't that rich, because even though her grandfather was crazy, crazy wealthy, uh, he had a bunch of heirs, like a bunch of children, so the family has split up the money. Okay. And so it's kind of, like, trickled down to her, but I think people 
thought she was a lot richer than she probably was. Okay. And also, she wasn't considered, like, quote-unquote important. So, like, she didn't have, like, bodyguards and stuff. Okay. Even though she had the last name Hurst and everyone knew who she was related to, mm-hmm. they weren't like, oh, anything's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So she's living with her fiancé, Stephen Weed. Stephen Weed. <laughs> What a guy. He parties. He sounds like a... He, he does he? Sounds like a square. Stephen Weed? Stephen Weed. He sounds like a drug dealer. I think he He sounds like a cartoon drug dealer. I think he sounds like a gentle man that uh, gardens a lot. I think he smokes the gans. The devil's smokes pubes. The oh, shut up. <laughs> the devil's pubes? You don't no. think Stephen Weed takes a puff of Why the... is it the pubes? Because that's the devil's lettuce. Satan grows. <laughs> <laughs> Devil's Lettuce sounds too delicious. Too, too healthy. <laughs> too healthy. New item at Sweet Green. Devil's Lettuce. With your roasted peppernut butternut squash. <laughs> and Trader Joe's Everything Bagel Seasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what Stephen Weed is like. Okay. He drinks box wine because it's cheap. Don't we all? Don't we all? Um, she's living with him. Great. Studying art history. What a couple. February 4th, 1974. 1974. 19-year-old Patty. Yep. Knock on her door. Um, it's a group of men and women who start firing a machine gun. At her. Yes. And they beat up Stephen Weed. Good um, God, not Stephen. Well, we knew he needed a good beat up. That's uh, probably true. It's definitely true. But they leave him behind and drive away with Patty in the trunk of the car. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, group of people knock on their door, machine yeah, gun, completely random. Pew, random, mm-hmm. takes Patty. Yes. Wild. Yeah. So that's how she first comes into, like, fame. Okay. Um, she had been living, like, kind of, it sounds sort of like preppy rich girl life, like mm-hmm. Catholic school girl-esque. Um, so now we get into the background. The group uh-huh. quickly comes to media fame as the SLA, the, I might mispronounce this, Symbionese Liberation Army, mm-hmm. SLA. Got it. Um, they immediately claim responsibility for this. They consider themselves an urban guerrilla army. Okay. Um, the members met through a professor at UC Berkeley who coordinated, like, a study group. Um, and they, the leaders were, I guess, from prison. This was a little shaky to me. They were in prison, and certain, like, civil rights groups would visit prison to inform them on, like, the rights of people of color and stuff. But certain people in prison, like, heard those stories and, like, radicalized to the point of being, concerning themselves like an urban guerrilla army. Mm-hmm. Um, and they take inspiration from Uruguay. Uruguay? Uruguay. 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 <laughs> and um, South American countries that are having these, like, urban guerrilla rise-ups okay. right now. Um, and so, camera focus, cut to Donald DeFreeze who is a prisoner, um, he robbed a sex worker, uh-huh. and that's how he ended up in prison in 1973. So he meets a woman named Patricia, and they become lovers, and they form the SLA. Okay. After hearing about this. After hearing about... Like, the urban gorilla stuff. I see, I see, I see. Okay, um, okay, I understand. But they're, like, kind of nutty, so they're taking it to a point that doesn't really, like, make sense. Like, you'll hear this stuff. It, like, doesn't quite add up. Okay. Um... So, eventually, most of the members end up being white women, Mm -hmm. and um, I felt like that was, like, important to note, because this group is really focused on racial relations and uh, gender 
equality, sort of. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, weird because DeFreeze is a black man and he's leading this group of, like, white women. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting so, dynamic. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of this tenuous thing, I guess. Um, so he becomes a de facto leader as the only black man part of this, like, civil rights-esque mm-hmm. radicalized group. Um, and... He ends up being a total fucking creep. He uses his position for, like, sexual domination. Yeah. Um, and... Like, like, to his members. Yes. And he demands all the women, like, have sex with him. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and as they're doing this, they also are committing strings of robberies in the Bay Area. Good God. Mm-hmm. He calls himself a field marshal. Marshal. Uh, his lover is still Patricia uh, Solzitsik. I think I said that right. Mm-hmm. Um... They're taking on all these ideologies. Uh, they hate capitalism, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're kind of against everything in the U.S. Okay. Um, and so in 1973, a member of the SLA kills a man named Marcus Foster, who is a school superintendent. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought he was a fascist. Mm-hmm. And so, as he's leaving a meeting with his deputy, they just murder him, mm-hmm. like, randomly. And they wound the deputy. He lives. Um, they used hollow bullets with cyanide in them <gasps> that they, like, made themselves. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, those two members of the SLA were arrested for this crime. And in response to that, the SLA begins plans for Patty's kidnapping. Oh. And so, what they're planning to do is try and bargain these members' release. Yeah. So, Um, wait, so why, how did they choose Patty? They literally, I have it here, they chose her because she's wealthy and she lived near their hideout. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just was like, who is the closest trust fund baby? Mm hmm. And let's find her. Yes. Snatch her on up. Mm -hmm. How scary is that? Jesus. It was like almost completely random. She had no connection to them. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So, Patty then. From this is what she later told the police. Uh-huh. Basically, she's kidnapped, blindfolded, left in a closet for a week, just like blindfolded and being told like they're gonna kill her and all yeah. this stuff. Um, they let her out for meals and keep her blindfolded, but they let her start participating in political like debates with them at meals. What? Yeah. Um, and they give her the SLA manifesto, which they let her read in her closet. Great. Yeah. And then, um, DeFreeze, the leader, tells her that the war council, quote-unquote, is debating killing her or letting her join them. So Patty agrees to join. Wow. Um, and she's indoctrinated, uh, she's taught all the weapons of war, quote-unquote, um, and under the guise of sexual freedom, she's raped by two members, Mm. including DeFreeze. No. Yeah. So this is where it gets like super weird and crazy. In the outside world, while Patty's being held in this closet. Yeah. The SLA um, demands the two members free from prison and are unsuccessful. So they go to the Hearst family and demand that the Hearst family give $70 of food to every needy Californian, which would be $400 million. Um, Patty's father does this. Whoa. Uh, but he doesn't have four hundred million. Okay. So he takes out a two hundred million dollar or a two million dollar loan. Yeah. And he gives two million dollars worth of food to needy people in the Bay Area. It's called Operation People in Need. Okay. Um, the SLA after that happens still refuses to let Patty go. 
Okay. Um, two months go by. <laughs> and an audio tape of Patty comes out. And she states there that she has joined the SLA and changed her name to Tanya after a comrade of Che Guevara. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, stating... I've joined of my own yes. choosing. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no. Oh yeah. no. Mm-hmm. Don't like that. So, 12 days after the audio tape is released, um, there's a bank robbery by the SLA. Uh-huh. Patty. Patty. Is robbing the bank. Patty's ringleader now. Yeah, this tape oh, like God. goes viral. Oh, Everyone's watching it like, what the fuck? This is... Honestly, must be so confusing as a onlooker to be like, we feel bad for this woman. Yeah. But also, now she's kind of running the ship. Well, also, like, her parents. Right. They want her back, but now she's joined. Now she's... Yeah. Choosing. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Yes, exactly. Quote, unquote. So this this is why the tape goes, like, 1970s viral. Like, everyone yeah. ends up seeing it on TV. How does that even work, 1970s viral? What is viral? Um, what does that mean? It means I see it on TV, I guess. I or, see. And everyone's chit-chatting like, about it. Yeah, I guess the tape plays on radios and whatever, and okay. then they talk about wow. this bank crime. But the bank had, um, I don't know if they call it CCTV back then, but they have video <laughs> cameras, um, and Patty is caught on video robbing this bank. Good and you God. can see foes online. Uh, um, they didn't have online. Well, now. Now we have online. Now. But Just the, wanted to specify, Fulton. Yeah. Only the military could see it online back then. <laughs> Great! Yeah, you know those soldiers were like, fuck, Patty, Jesus, um, <laughs> as I Googled it. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Bookmark so. Bookmark that shit. I know, right? <laughs> and then their friend comes along like, why are you using Safari? Chrome yeah, geez. is so much better. Yeah. Get Dang. it together, Jesus Jason. Did. Yeah. <laughs> We both just picked classic nineteen white man <laughs> Carl. Okay, twelve days. Twelve days. So everyone knows she's now like a fucking bank robber. Good God. Um. So she has a semi-automatic weapon. It's calling herself Tanya. Um. Two men enter the bank. They're both shot upon entering the bank. Mm. Um, and it's unclear if Patty did this or she was with other members of the SLA. Uh-huh. But, yeah, they're getting violent. And oh um, people are torn as to whether Patty is doing this voluntarily or not. Right. Because um, it seems like they're kind of threatening her. Like, they'll point guns at her sometimes, but mm-hmm. then they'll, like, stop. And it's not like she's, I like, see. freaking out, you know? Uh, hmm. Um so like this could be an all this big ruse mm-hmm. by Patty being like I'll gain their trust they'll mm-hmm. think I'm one of them and then scoot scoot goodbye yes you know? exactly but despite that so that was in April by June of the same year uh, a grand jury still indicts her for it okay so I mean, she did commit it she committed it so right. they're assuming that she was not forced to commit this basically okay got it um. Because the grand jury, they can either indict her and bring her to court or say it needs more information. That's what they do. And okay. instead they were like, we have enough information. Mm-hmm. She can be tried. Thank you, Lawyer Fulton. Yes. Um, so then, after the bank robbery, before she's indicted, in May of 1974, there's the Mel's Sporting Good incident. Okay. And this is where, like, shit kind of hits the fan. So... Member of the SLA, William Harris and his wife, Emily, um, 
they're committing petty theft in male sporting goods. Great. Um, the manager catches them and follows them outside the store to confront them. Um, Harris is carrying a pistol. The manager and him start to, like, physically fight. The pistol falls out of mm. his pants pocket or whatever. Um, Patty was waiting in a van across the street for them. Um, and she comes out and discharges an entire magazine of an automatic gun on the Holy motherfucking shit. Yeah. Um, Which also, by the way, I mean, I don't really know the access to those types of weapons in the 70s, but it couldn't have been easy. At least as easy as it is fucking right now. I guess it must have been illegal. I don't know, but the SLA obviously had access to them. Right. She learned how to use them, I think, also from her dad. Like, I think they used to go, like, hunting. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, they taught her. She just open fires. Good God. Yeah. And how long since she'd initially taken? Only a few months? Yeah. So this is in May. She was taken in February. (gasps) Yeah. And now she, like, is kind of friends with these people, I guess. Like, she's waiting outside in a van for them. Right. You know? And so she sees them fighting, and it's not even like there's guns involved yet. Like, the pistol falls out, but that's it. Right. And she just goes and opens open fires okay um the manager takes the pistol that fell and shoots back so they are now in a gunfight oh my god yeah um patty pulls out a second gun and keeps firing because the first one she used all the ammo holy shit yeah um so patty and the harrises decide they get need to get away i don't think anyone ended up being harmed in that it was just Mm -hmm. like crazy um, they steal two cars, kidnap one of the owners of Mel's Sporting Goods. Um, they go back to the SLA base, um, and a shootout begins. Uh, six SLA members die. Um, a shootout with the police. Okay, okay. Six SLA members die, and a warrant for Patty's arrest goes out. So Patty and the Harrises were allegedly hiding in the crawl space of a house near the hideout. So the police thought they would be, like, in the hideout. But they weren't. So a bunch of members die, and they don't find Patty and the Harrises. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Harrises' testimony says that uh, while they were hiding in the crawl space, Patty was like locked and loaded, ready to shoot like anyone who came along. And they were like, "Patty, uh, calm down." They were begging her to oh my chill God. because she was like ready to shoot everyone. like her kidnappers. Basically, yeah, they now. were like, "Patty, we're like, you're Whoa. scaring us." Yeah, good. Yeah, so they spend two weeks on the run. Um, And they continue hiding out. Um, Patty aids in making improvised explosives, which are used in attempts to to kill policemen Mm -hmm. um, in August of 1975. So she's officially been kidnapped for now over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. mm -hmm. And when she's finally arrested, uh, marked money from the bank robberies is found in her apartment. Um, and a robbery where a woman named Myrna Opsal, uh, who was just trying to make a deposit, was killed because she was, like, going to the bank and got shot. (laughs) I know. Um, so by September of 1975, uh, Patty is finally caught with another SLA member and they're taken in by the San Francisco police and the FBI. Mm -hmm. Um, and Wikipedia told me. Uh, it's my, my most trusted source. I love Wikipedia. Um, while she's being booked in jail, she listed her occupation as urban gorilla and, and asked, 
asked her attorney to relay the following message. Tell everybody that I'm smiling, that I feel free and strong, and I send my greetings and love to all the sisters and brothers out there. Whoa. Mm -hmm. At the time of her arrest, Patty weighed 87 pounds. <gasps> mm -hmm. The doctors who saw her described her as a quote-unquote low IQ, low affect zombie. Um, because of her weight loss and such they don't there's or no just just because just because um her, she takes an iq test her iq is 20 points lower than it was when she was before she was <gasps> i know like is what? there any and i don't know if you know this but is there, was there any sort of like substances involved um, here well that's a it says that she was also doing drugs, potentially. Okay. It wasn't, wasn't super detailed on that, but also she's showing really serious PTSD signs. Okay. Um, so her case becomes unprecedented in the U.S. Mm -hmm. because she is the first case ever to claim brainwashing. As her As defense. defense. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Patty's lawyer is a brainwashing expert. <laughs> works for her for free because he's so sure she'll win the case okay yeah um and weeks after her arrest she then publicly rejects the sla mm -hmm. really so yeah. after a full year of being like she then turns around almost and is like nope yeah i'm out mm -hmm. so in 1976 patty is tried for her first bank rob robbery only and that's it okay um, the judge rules that her actions were voluntary and does not accept the claims that Patty and Tanya could be, like, separate people. Like, she was a different person when she was Tanya. Right. And that's I see. how the brainwashing kind of started. So, the Did judge... Did she have any, sorry, history of, like, before... It was really hard to find stuff on like, her before yeah. life because she was such a, like, Normal. white girl civilian. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, like, rich white girl. Right. school. Um... You know, just went to college. It was it almost read to me like, oh, go to college to find a husband, and then you mm. just will have this very average, normal, rich girl life. Rich girl life. Right? Yeah, and so girl didn't know what she was getting. No, it sounds getting like she roped was into super kind of naive. But mm. here's you'll hear about a little bit what her life was like before because it comes up in court. So the judge rules her actions were voluntary, um, and that. Uh, she has to take full responsibility for everything that happened. Right. Um, whereas Patty's saying that the SLA threatened to kill her if she didn't seem enthusiastic about everything she did. Uh -huh. But that's also like, were you alone in this van during the Mel's point? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is just for the robbery with the, her on video where they're like pointing guns at her and stuff. Um, at which point the prosecution pulls out a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist claims Patty wasn't raped, and she was an, a moral person and did everything willingly, which Patty denies. Okay. Um, and the judge lets the prosecution discuss it, Patty's early sexual experiences before the kidnapping to, like, note her as, like, a slut. What? Yeah. Um, and as so, if, as if therefore, that... she couldn't have been raped because she had earlier sexual experiences before she was 19. Oh my That's god. What, and the Haven't judge we lets all? that happen. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. So the judge writes off her defense and then says that prosecution is fine. Oh. How nuts is that? Man, I mean, I'm not saying that that I'm on Patty's side here. Yeah. In the like, sense of what like the fuck? she yeah, yeah, I mean she did bad stuff, but mm -hmm. also she didn't choose to be in this organization. 
and who she was boning before she got kidnapped has nothing to do with her actions after she gets kidnapped. I know. Yeah, but they're ah! like, but the whole point of this, a lot of this uh, trial comes up, did they rape you or not? Cause I see. basically if she wasn't raped, they're trying to say like, well then everything you did was consensual. Good God. Yeah. So I know, I know Ooh. the 70s was Ooh, not kind to women. No, I mean, it makes me so mad. That does make me mad. No, it's super fucked up. Um, so Patty appears like drugged out in court, and they say it's because jail doctors like gave her drugs. Um, so she makes a super bad impression, basically, because mm. she seems like lethargic and like out of it. Right. Um, and it seems obvious that the judge was like not gonna hear Patty's story, really, was like you're right. just like some skank who. Mm-hmm brought the bank and um and during her trial a bomb even goes out off at Hearst Castle oh. um and Emily Harris the girl from Mel's Boring Goods uh tried to also say that Patty wasn't raped um but that she was in a romantic re- relationship with one of the male members of the SLA um and the prosecutor in Patty's case still uses that to say she's lying like if you're in yeah. a relationship with someone you couldn't raped right um also yeah also so many issues with that Mm -hmm. and like it's just being discussed so much in her trial of a bank robbery (laughs) um (laughs) it's very important so conflicted about this i know it doesn't piss you off yeah um but also because she's like she did bad stuff you want to get even angrier oh hit me the prosecutor the prosecutor says that the sla promoted feminism Therefore, the females of the SLA would not have let Patty be raped. Therefore, she's lying. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Woo. Like, how did they even think of that, that argument? That gets me. Mm-hmm. That makes me sweat. And she's convicted she's for convicted. the max sentencing of a bank robbery. What about all the other bullshit that this organization did? Like, the kidnapping of her. Nope. She's convicted for the bank robbery. She's given 35 years. Um, she ends up only serving seven, thank God. Okay. Uh, but her bail in 1978 is revoked, and the Supreme Court declines to hear her case. Okay. Um, Harris has each served seven, eight years, sorry. Um, and so Leo Ryan, who was in the Jonestown cult, collected signatures for Patty's release. Oh, my God. And um, he actually died in the Jonestown mm-hmm. massacre. Right. But then John Wayne, the actor comments that brainwashing is accredited to the Jonestown deaths, yeah. but he would not accept that, but the judge wouldn't accept the SLA brainwashing of Patty. Even though right. after Jonestown, everyone's like, well, they're so brainwashed, that's why this happened. That's what, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, so Patty gets released in 1979 under very strict probation, and President Reagan considers pardon- pardoning her. Bill Clinton pardons her in 2001. Oh my god. Uh, well, his last long, day in office. How long had she, she, she been, sir, been, sorry, how long had she been in, been in jail since then? She got out in 1979. Oh, so okay. So she only okay. spent, I think, seven years. Um, but I she see. was on bail. Probation. But she was on bail. I understand. And obviously, yes. the story got so big, like yeah. everyone knew who Patty Hearst was. She couldn't yeah. like get a job, you know? Right. Um. So, and I think also Robert Mueller of the Mueller Report. Yeah. Uh, he also tried to not let her get pardoned oh. as well. Like, he was pissed about it, yeah. 
glad you're pissed about it, Robert Mueller. <laughs> yeah, like, that's really relevant to your life. Um, <laughs> so, Patty goes on to marry not Stephen Weed, someone okay. named Bernard Lee Shaw, who's a policeman and was one of her bodyguards while she was <gasps> on bail. Oh, so Because she needed, sweet. like, guards because so many people yeah. were, like, targeting her. Um, he dies in 2012, and they had two kids. Um, she now fundraises for charity and also makes TV cameos and does dog shows with her shih tzus. <laughs> she went to Westminster. <laughs> oh! And what? that is the kidnapping of Patty Hearst. Oh my god! <laughs> what a roller coaster. I know, so what do you, what do you think? I mean... So here's here's how I feel about this. One, she is firstly a victim mm-hmm. in all of this, certainly. On the other hand, once she's in the organization or been kind of required to stay, right, she clearly makes some choices, but to what extent, kind of the brainwashing thing I think is totally relevant I'm gonna be honest I've thought about stuff like this and I feel like that if I were in a situation that I could be easily brainwashed I don't know why I feel that way but I feel like well you know that uh study about like um if we could be Nazis or not right you know that where they were yeah. like well Germans are predisposed so we're gonna test Americans first and then we're gonna take it to Germany they never got the test to Germany because they were like oh Americans would be Nazis if yeah. they could be talked into something by, like, people authority. could be talked into anything so it's like well also she had ptsd yeah of course so like, I'm like if she had ptsd and like her rapist was making her do all this stuff i mean right who knows how she felt about that maybe she was like well i'll feel better about all this if i'm suddenly like complicit and right. I'm like a member now and it's yeah i think also there is um like have you have you ever read or heard about people with um, multiple personalities disorder? Yeah. I forget what dissociative. Dissociative personality. Yeah, yeah. I forget. There's a medical. I don't like calling it multiple personalities because I don't think that's actually dissociative, accurate. I think is it's, one of the names. It's like I, bipolar dissociative. Something like that. It's we something all know like that. what we mean. I read about it. Yeah, and so I I like watched a documentary about somebody with it and all all that jazz and like part of a lot of people that have that disease it's because it comes out of a trauma where they dissociate during a trauma, like a child molestation or Mm -hmm. something like that. And so when they mature as an adult, there's parts of them that stays like, you know, is a different type of personality. That was the personality that would escape, that would help them escape from those situations so that they could black out basically these like very traumatic instances. So after she has PTSD, maybe like Tanya, maybe Tanya, right? Like, if she had developed dissociative personality disorder or something, mm-hmm. Tanya could have been this, like, other person mm-hmm. that she required to develop, you know, her brain created for her to protect her own self mm-hmm. and then committed all these other things. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a little partial to be on Patty's side because it really none of this was her fault, mm-hmm. um, at least in the beginning. So... Whether or not she was of her own volition, kind of down the road, still seems a little, you know, wishy-washy, yada yada. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, when he comes right down to it, she did not choose to be in this organization. And things that happened after it, while unfortunate 
for other people involved that she was open firing and like all this stuff, which is not okay. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't know, you know, how much of it was really created out of necessity mm -hmm. by her brain. Yeah, it also sounded like she was like freaking out a lot. Oh, you know? for sure. Like she wasn't stable. No. Uh, but yeah, it shocked me how much of her trial hinged on like was she raped or not. Yeah. Because the honestly, fuck is that? Like, does that prove she robbed a bank voluntarily because she maybe had sex with someone voluntarily? And she claims it was rape. And yeah. it sounds a lot like rape if you're fucking kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It made me so mad when I was like, oh, and man, they like dug up her sexual past to yeah. see if she was like slow. That's my, that's, that seems to be one of the worst parts of this mm -hmm. thing is that in the midst of her uh, getting kidnapped and being a part of this organization and then all of these awful things that she did do, that it has to come somehow back to like, oh, this woman has sexual perversions or like she's lying or yeah. she's a slut, therefore can't trust a whore for anything she says, apparently. Mm -hmm. Good God. Yeah, so there's Believe a women. book on this called American Heiress. Okay. Um, it might be written by Patty, it might not. Anyway, it's been recommended to me, which is why I got thinking about this. I have not read the book. Okay. But it's supposed to be very interesting. Damn. And it gets really deep into, like, what happened and stuff. So, yeah, the 70s were fucked up. Damn. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Fulton, let me ask you, have you ever heard of the serial killer, Kristen Gilbert? Is that the one that Shirley Spiro played? I do not know. <laughs> but she won an Academy Award for it. I don't know if there was actually a movie about I don't know. You should Google it. Should I Google it yeah. this second? Yeah. Google Shirley Spiron serial killer movie. I don't know how to spell her name. What about inaugural? Hold, shut up. <laughs> Kristen <laughs> Gilbert. Charlie. Movie? Definitely no. Shh, don't give it away. No, I don't think so. Oh, fun. Okay, then no. Okay, then no. Great. All right, let me tell you. So I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, expose kind of what she's known for as we expose go through. Her. Expose her for who she truly like a man is. in the parking lot with uh, a trench coat. Oh, God. Expose it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me take you back to a time long before we were born, okay? Not, I guess not too long. No, shut up. <laughs> um, can't let our audience know how how are juvenile we are. Our skin's so plump and subtle. <laughs> Don't, steal Don't even it. need that collagen. <laughs> yeah. um, Don't use silence and palanza. Suppleness. Side point, unrelated. Mm -hmm. Last night when I was out with some of my friends, I hate when old people, not old people, but like older than us people do this thing where they go, how old do you think I am? And that fucking 45. happened to us. We Before we even walked into a bar, me and two of my friends were trying to like fix something on our friend's shirt like she had a loose thread we're trying to kind of do the little tie and tie and yank you know we've all mm -hmm. done it and all of a sudden this like group of people in the corner at this bar that's looking at us from the window starts kind of like making you know faces and banging on the window at us kind of making fun of us and so we were unfortunately going into that bar 
planning on it. So we walk in and they immediately are like, come sit down with us. And we're like, Eek, I, didn't, I didn't ask for this. Are they drunk or just terrible? Oh yeah, really drunk oh, okay. and all foreign as well. Like they're all either... How foreign? Not super foreign. They all, they're all from English speaking countries. So but like... <laughs> one guy was Irish. One guy was from the UK. One guy was from... I don't think there's actually any Australians. But mm. they were all... Yeah. Okay. Non... Americans yeah, but that's that have their relocated. You're no, they lived in New friends. York. Ugh, oh they God, all were like, we've out. lived here for five years or New whatever. Yorkers don't want to I'm an architect. 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 That's Ar- one of them. Anyhow, my point being is that one of the girl that was with their group does this thing, you know, where she's asking about how old we are because we look like we're babies because we're babies. I mean, you don't look that. Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, I think you look your age. Thank you. I think I look pretty solidly 23, 24. Yeah. But I think I look 24. Yeah, I, I would look... agree. But anyway, they do this thing where they're like, well, oh man, how old are you guys? And we're like, um, we're 24. And then they start being like, oh, you're so young. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, I don't like this conversation. Too. And they're like, oh, well, how old do you think I am? Oh, and there's no good answer to that because I'm trying to be accurate. Then. I could end up being rude. V is for bomb, right? Yeah. Now. I'm telling you. Like, that's bullshit. So I'm like, 27. I'm sure she was like, probably 30 something, like, whatever. But just smash. Just so, like, their whole group. I'm like, oh, God. So, anyway, I don't know how I even got started on this stupid tangent. I have but. a story about that, though. That's funny. One of my, <laughs> I work with a bunch of old ladies, right? Yeah. I'm a secretary at a place where all the secretaries are older and one of the secretaries came back after 15 years away for raising she was raising her kid and now that her kid's older she was like i can go back to work Mm -hmm. and so um she came up to me and she said the computer was down or something she goes um like do you know where the typewriter is no fucking way and i was like i've never used one and i don't know where they are and she goes Oh my god, you've never used a typewriter. Wait till I tell the girls. You're so young. Oh and my god, you're like, yeah. And I was like, who are the girls? Like, not. <laughs> are they covered? Golden are girls. They um, Wilkie. Like, <laughs> are they just eight typewriters? Um, <laughs> also, obviously, we don't have typewriters because this place is like filled to the brim with PCs. Oh god. And, like, every Outlook mailbox. Oh my god. Um, how, how old is like. How old are people who used typewriters in, like, high school, for example? I don't... This woman wasn't even that old. She was maybe, like, mid-40s. Well, one, if you're mid-40s, why are you asking for a typewriter? Unless you're, like, using it for your Williamsburg apartment to, like, decorate and be like, oh, this is just something (laughs) I dug up. Sometimes when I'm writing my manifesto, I like to dabble on my typewriter. Right, drunk, edit, sober. Yeah. Yeah, I type it It's the best. Can I say? A couple yeah. of shrooms, it really gets me going. It really revs my gears. Really revs my engine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like some crusty keys to get me in the mood. It's so stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But we have a few, I guess, in my building that I've never even thought about. We also have tons of unusable fax machines. Like, literally, That's, it's yeah. filled with an ocean of old, old fax faxes. machines I from, guess like, lawyers. 2001. Yeah, I guess, I guess um, law offices must have been the queen of faxing back um, in the day. Yeah, but now we have, like, nice printers that have, like, a full fax 
function. Okay. Yeah, and so if you really need the fax, you can use this, like, fancy-ass printer. Yeah. But then we also have, like, 50 other fax machines. Just, like, everywhere right. you look, you're oh, tripping over God. fax machines. Um, I find it, like, weirdly fascinating, because no one knows if I even, like, took a fax machine, but I don't know why I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> I have no need for one, but, you it know, so I'm feeling vintage. a little klepto about yeah. it. I'm just like, it's I'm, there, I'm so I want it. klepto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear a pinup dress. I'm going to hold a fax machine. Great. And, Those uh, are different eras. No. No? No. I'm Maybe. going to fax myself the dress. Great. Put it on. <laughs> um, and it's going to be super vintage. Vint. <laughs> so hard enough end for you. You love a hard T. Manhattan. Manhattan. That's how you say it. That's how my father was a robot. So yeah. That's how he it. <laughs> um, I live in Manhattan Butter. with my kitten. Mitten. Mitten. Good. Good. Thank you. Okay, well, anyway, well, that was an appropriate. Uh, well, goodbye. Little, uh, <laughs> that was my story on Kristen Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, that's, no. that's what she did. Yeah, right? <laughs> Fucking fax machines. I wonder if she ever faxed her. I know. Okay, anyway, so. What year is this? This is, she's first, I'll start with her, her birth. Her birth. So. When did she pop out? She popped out in 1967. Oh. So, she's actually, you know, like older than, or younger than my parents, I mean. Really? Um, yes. Yours too. No, my mom was born in 1953. Yeah, so she is younger than your parents. Oh, right. That's how years work. So she's not our mother. She's not Wait, our she's mother. She's not my mom? No. <laughs> Bonk! That's what Who I wanted! Who wanted? in the Upper East Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 1967, she's born in Western Mass. Um, Where in Western Mass? River Fall, Massachusetts. So, just not Boston. I'm gonna do a really Sounds asshole beautiful. thing. Yeah. Where you say Massachusetts and people go Boston and you go, no, the other part, oh, Western more Mass. More like Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Massholes, am I right? Massholes, am I right? Dunkin okay. Do- I bet you love Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I shut bet up. she was conceived in one. Shut <laughs> <laughs> if you're from Western Mass, it's the law. It's that That's is how New England lives. works. Yeah. <laughs> You get a Boston cream the moment you pop out, and your gyno's like, all right, let's go to the hospital. Let's go to the hospital. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so. So Kristen's born 1967, seemingly normal-ass family. Like, she has a couple of siblings, normal parents. Like, nothing seems to be c- crazy out of whack, right? Mm-hmm. Nor pretty normal childhood. Except the Dunkin' Donuts thing. Except the Dunkin' Donuts things, yeah. of course. Um, but... I mean, apart from, apart from kind of having a normal childhood in the family sense, like her surroundings were seemingly pretty average, she did kind of have some early signs of um, deception and mental illness. Can I right? guess? Sure. Aren't the signs like um, you're hit on the head or there's some kind of abuse or... I want to say you like fighters or something. Oh, people. No, there's like that. There's like little kids who like abuse animals and yeah, like that's a sign yeah. of being whatever. But, but a lot of serial killers were hit on the head and oh, then started doing crazy stuff. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, no, she was just one. Like in her teenage years, she got into, uh, she was known for habitually lying. 
So, uh, and I don't know what capacity that would be, right? Whether it was, like, very hurtful types of lies or somebody who's just, like, a compulsive liar. Like, do you know anybody who's a compulsive liar? Some people just like lying. I, so I know one. And she just, like, lies about things that don't matter. You know, like, saying, oh, I'm going to go to lunch here. And then she'll go to a different place. And then we'll be like, I don't care where you went to lunch. Just, like, why are you lying about it? Mm. So, who knows? I know someone like too. Yeah, like the craziest things for no like you. Yeah, it'll be like what you have for dinner, and they just they just lie. lie. They just lie. They yeah, like the weird power I, of lying. I don't know. Um, so anyway, I don't know if she was a compulsive liar or if she was like a pathological like right like like What's for. The um, so don't quote me on this. I will. As I'm not a psychiatrist. I have you on recording. <laughs> you are quoting me right now. Um, but my record. understanding <laughs> is that compulsive lying is more kind of related to OCD types of lying. Like, you have to lie. It's not for a purpose. It's not for deception. It's not to hurt people. Is that a symptom of OCD? Well, it's a, it can be a type of... I didn't know that. Yeah. So, obviously, OCD manifests very differently. Yeah, because, like, um, I have it. And I've done research. I've never heard of that. It, it can be kind of, like, an offshoot. Like, OCD is this very big umbrella. Yeah. And of, you know, the different types of ways that it can manifest, a compulsion that someone can have that can feel very much like an acute compulsion that other people might have for touching certain things or routines of certain things mm-hmm. could be just compulsively lying. Like it is their first instinct wow. to lie. Um, but again, not hurtful, not trying to deceive people in a way that is evil, so to speak, or because you have an agenda. It's just like you just compulsively lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kristen was known for habitually lying. She was also known for... Um, making a lot of violent threats and like suicide attempts or fake suicide attempts. So to me, and again, wasn't there, but my, my guess is that this types of lying that they're talking about or that these sources, Wikipedia, talking about <laughs> is more tied to, yes, she was habitually lying, but less of the compulsive type and more of the like deception, trying to control people, trying to manipulate the way people mm feel about her, right? Um, not to say that her suicide attempts or her mental illness wasn't legit. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, she's got some shit some on. shit going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did use it as a tool, right? Mm-hmm. So not just faking suicide or, or um, trying to commit suicide because she's ill, but mm-hmm. to manipulate people and provide, like, to elicit sympathy from people and, yeah. and things like that. So she was kind of known for that um, when she was younger, kind of had that rap of being a little bit of a troubled teenager and um, a little bit of a uh, having some mental health issues, yeah. right? But whatever, don't we all have mental health issues? Um, so, so Kristen goes to college in 1986. She graduates high school okay. She goes to Bridgewater State College, also in Massachusetts, um, where she is uh, studying nursing. So mm-hmm. she must be a nurse. Um, she also continu- continues to fake suicide attempts in college. Um, she was actually ordered by her college to um, be submitted for psychiatric treatment. Um, I mean, there yeah. must be a point where people are like, whatever, she's trying it again, or she's like yeah. claiming it. Yeah. You know? So she was, yeah, so it's not even just like she withdrew herself from school because she knew she was sick, but it was like the college was, officials from the college ordered that she be admitted basically um, for psychiatric treatment Um, and so 
because of that, she kind of went through those different types of treatments. She ended up transferring to a different college, um, ultimately graduates in 1988 um, as a registered nurse. So she finishes her nursing degree and she gets married to a, a nice man named Glenn. 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 Glenn Gilbert. Oh. So, yeah, poor Glenn. I mean, oof. Does Glenn seem like the type who's like, yes, honey? Just, you know, like college sweetheart, kind mm -hmm. of, you know, they seem like they were going to have a nice little life together. She's a nurse. Um, I did not look up what he did. But nice man, right? Probably a guy that wears polos. Wired rim. Yeah, glasses. right? Wired rim gla glasses. Maybe a little bit of a dad bod. Penny loafers and he actually puts pennies in them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the dream. The, the dream, dream man. The dream. <laughs> I just described my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> New England fairy tale. Yes. Okay. So, so great. Kristen graduates. She's a nurse now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we start to get into this. Do you, do you have an idea of where this uh, nursing situation well, might go no don't guess she becomes a roller coaster fanatic yeah <laughs> <laughs> loves the thrill <laughs> yeah thrill seeker she's face jumping. adrenaline junkie yeah <laughs> yeah so so still living in massachusetts um kristen is joins the staff at the veterans affair medical center in northampton massachusetts okay. so she's actually kind of on the rise as a uh, as a dope nurse, right? Mm -hmm. This is like early, late 80s, early 90s. She was actually featured in VA Practitioner Magazine, Ooh. right? In 1990, she was- Everyone subscribes. Everyone subscribes, read literally everyone. huge yeah. reader base. Um, <laughs> but the point is, is that like within her profession and within her kind of region of being a nurse, she was known as being a really good nurse. Like she was doing her thing um, and kind of on the rise. Although, Kind of shortly, was there, one minor snag? there was a minor snag to this, as you can already tell that we're talking about her. Um, the one thing that some other nurses that she was working with started to notice was that she was having a much higher death count, um, much higher number of deaths on her watch. Um, and they actually kind of uh, passed it off very jokingly and called her the angel of death, started calling her the angel of death. Um, which, you know, poor taste, I'd say. Um, but she kind of continues to do this for, or, you know, this continues to happen, I should say, Maybe right? Maybe it's circumstantial? Yeah, or, okay, we'll see. So, <laughs> so 1990, like early 90s, that's where this is happening. People start to notice in the early 90s that she has that, and she gets this moniker as the angel of death. This is really recent, too. It is like pretty, it pretty, pretty 90s, recent. someone would be like, hmm... We shouldn't just hire anyone. Maybe. I mean, I don't even know also, like, the, what kind of um, resources, like, a veteran's hospital has. Like, maybe there's just, you know, I would imagine federally funded types of hospitals maybe don't have as good care. They don't have as good resources so that mm -hmm. if they are having these types of issues, maybe they're more likely to go unnoticed. Yeah. Um, well, also people are can only stay there for a set amount of time mm -hmm. and stuff, so it's probably, it's like... like Rotating door, right? Place a little bit. Where they're like, oh, did they? I mean, they probably aren't like they just walk out, but it's really easy to lose people mm -hmm. in that system, right? So, so you know, this is like 1990, call it that's where like this moniker starts to come up. But 1996, so she's been practicing as a nurse for 
almost 10 years basically um, and it wasn't until then that she really starts to get reported by other nurses so three nurses specifically reported her um, that they had a concern because of the very high number of cardiac arrest cardiac arrest related deaths um, and also they were noticing a decrease in the supply of epinephrine in their facility um, and so they started an investigation about Kristen um, basically kind of the theory here was was that um, epinephrine induces a kind of uh, increased heart rate in um, patients and so it can be used like for good right to restart the heart basically but if your heart is normal and you get a surge of epinephrine which is not easily detectable in an autopsy um, it can put you into cardiac arrest and so basically the theory that was happening was that she was inducing cardiac arrest in her patients by injecting them with epinephrine um, and then their heart would start to beat up and sh they would need help and then she would respond to the um, coded emergency often rescuing them so savior complex yeah. of her inducing harm trying to save the day be the be the be the great nurse Jeez. whatever um, but obviously unfortunately maybe she wasn't very good at it because people kept dying oh my god yeah and so people were dying um, and this was the theory and so an investigation ensues after like the several other several nurses report her um, basically speculating that this was happening um, plot twist in the midst of this investigation Gilbert telephoned in a bomb threat to the hospital to try and derail the investigation so she makes a fake so yes remember this habitually lying thing we were talking about oh a while my ago God. so yes she phones in a bomb threat to the hospital to try and derail the investigation. Clearly, <laughs> like they'll just forget just about. Just <laughs> stupid. Yeah, you know what I mean. It would be like somebody in your law office was like, "Oh no, I'm on the rise for some for fraud. I'm gonna order a helicopter into the <laughs> to, crash into my <laughs> to crash into your building." Well, have you ever known someone who's made a fake threat like that? No. Oh, I do. You do? Mm -hmm. It happens a lot. Really? Oh, to yeah. try and derail something? Well, not to derail things, but, like, petty lies. For fun? Like that. Mm -hmm. It happened at my high school, like, a fair amount. Like, I knew a person who got kicked out of their high school for fake bomb threats to the school and stuff. Why do kids think that's fun? I don't know, but they were, like, a teenager. They had always been, like, super weird. And uh, I think it happened a few times. It was always, like, someone who was kind of a loner. Mm -hmm. who you'd, I guess, like, you wouldn't be surprised. Right. But, yeah, it's, like, a thing... Because they get a lot of attention and stuff, and they see people, like, freaking out, and it's like, oh, they're like, oh, my words have the power to uh, right. create this whole situation. Good God. Um, it's very exciting for them, I mm -hmm. guess. But, yeah, it's, like, also super easily traceable. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, please stop Stupid. doing that. This is the yeah. late 90s. Girl. Mm -hmm. uh, Girl, okay. just wear your Jenko jeans. And <laughs> You know, a shark tooth necklace. tooth necklace. You don't have to With her hot threat. scrubs. Yeah, wear your scrubs over your jeans. Your jeans. I don't know if they'll fit. It's going to be some loaded scrubs, let me tell you. They're going to be bursting at oh, the seams man. with those jankos. Okay. But you got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. So she, so she calls in this bomb threat, which is kind of insane, but whatever. And, you know, unsurprisingly, she leaves the hospital 
1996 when this hospital investigation starts to kick up um, and while all of these other patients and kind of things that had been going on. So that fall, she, Gilbert, checked herself into a psychiatric hospital seven times between one and ten days each time. So during this investigation, she checks herself in for psychiatric treatment. So, you know, again, all speculative um, on my part, but, um, but, you know, I do read minds, (laughs) especially those of the past. Yeah, and you graduated college when you were like 11. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah true story definitely yeah you went to college when i was like a doogie house um anyway so <laughs> she checks herself in my assumption here is that she is quite aware of the wrong that she's been doing uh-huh. right and maybe is afraid of herself like perhaps it could be a kind of move to appear that way. Who knows? She's a habitual liar. She's very deceptive. So maybe she's trying to appear as though, like, oh, I'm sick. I want to get help. I'm sub- like admitting myself to the hospital because I want to get help. Or she really is, you know, fucked quite fucked up and is like, I'm killing people because I am so addicted to this sense of saving them. She also loves attention, though. Clearly so loves attention. You get a lot of attention in. In psychiatric, that's true. I guess that's true. That's true. So, but besides the point, during this trial, right, she's clearly just like checking herself in and out of psychiatric facilities, trying to get help, whether that's as a kind of facade or not. She is doing that, Um, and kind of even she stood trial for the bomb threat before she stood trial for the murders. Did they think it would just be easier? Yeah, I guess. How many people did she kill? Um, I'm getting there. But no. So, <laughs> 1998, though, she is. First, she stood trial for the bomb threat, which she was obviously convicted for because that was stupid. What's um, the charge for a bomb threat? Like, can they put people, in, I guess, in jail? Like um, I, you can. I don't. I did not write down exactly the charge. My assumption would probably be that it would be like public endangerment or something. But did she, like, get jail time? Like, um, or is it, like, I don't know. For- Great question. Should have written it down. It's all good. Um, yes. But here, yeah, so this was the, the, the number of people that she was um, speculated to have been responsible for killing is over 80 deaths. Oh, my God. Um, and kind of uh, in tandem with that, over 300 medical emergencies. And what was the timeline? This timeline was between 1989 and 1996. Oh my god! So, really not very much time. And everyone was like, don't worry about it. And, and they were just like, ha ha ha. I mean, I have hospital? no... Yeah. So, I don't know, like, I mean, part of this, that sounds like a big number to us, but also we are not in the medical profession. I have no idea how many patients she saw total. Like, who knows if this was actually a only marginally higher percentage of deaths compared to the average number of deaths, right, that a normal nurse at a veteran's hospital might see, right? But I have no idea. Reputation, she right? had, yes, clearly if you have a reputation, it's like a little bit, uh, you know, a little sketchy. But clearly not so sketchy. She did it for seven years. Like, you have to find that fine line of slightly above where people give you a nickname, but below that it takes seven years for someone to report you. Um, what does Glenn have? 
you know, Glenn's pretty silent. Did he get a big fat divorce? Oh, he did get a big fat divorce, mm-hmm. but um, I forget when that happened. Hold, please. Um, oh, Glenn, um, they got divorced in 1995. <laughs> so Glenn, maybe... Just so didn't like over. Christian. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. maybe he just didn't like Christian um despite her activities. Or maybe he knew. Maybe yeah. he knew. I would maybe assume that if you live with a, a woman like this she'd be like, I'm gonna bomb you. You'd be like, stop. Right. I know you don't have a I know, bomb. I know you I see you. <laughs> this is fake. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> she'd Go be back like, to bed. I nailed it to you and he'd be like, I know you did it. Yeah. You say this every day. You say this every day. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, so Glenn Glenn is out. Glenn dodged that bullet. Yeah. Um Let's find him. Let, yeah. Glenn, we He's feel for you. Yeah, call Glenn, us. call us at 877. I'm sorry, your wife's a murderer. So, um. That hotline's ringing a lot. That hotline is ringing off the chain. Hotline bling. Hotline. <laughs> Did you know I, saw, I thought that song was about, um, ordering stuff off infomercials? No, shut up, Fulton. I was like, no, you didn't. I had to listen to the lyrics hard before I was like, Oh, this is so disappointing. I thought it was about infomercials, like that hotline bling when you like order shit off an info. It's a hotline, and then you get bling. That's yes, what you're saying. Yes, you thought that, yes, that, I thought that's you thought that was the chain of events. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Bolton. Which is how I got flown off an infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> My bling. <laughs> um. Wow. Uh. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. About you. About my flow. About because yeah. <laughs> it's in my bag. I have it for you. Great. Go flow you. <laughs> um. Okay. So, we get into her trial, and it's honestly pretty cut and dry. Like she gets convicted. Federal jury convicts her on three counts of first degree murder. So. Oh, and one count of second degree murder. Um. Oh, and two counts of attempted murder. So even though there were all of these many, many, many suspected um, cases, those were the ones where she was kind of uh, nailed for them. All of her victims, by the way, were uh, kind of, they were all between the ages of 35 and 70. So people that potentially, right, could be more exposed to heart issues. It didn't seem as though they would have been um, as much of a flyer, right? It's not like she was trying to do, have cardiac issues with like, you know, people in their early 20s who are much less likely. A lot of them were 30s, 40s, 60s types of things. Um, so she was convicted for um, those four deaths. That's still upsetting, though, that she killed so many people and so few people were, like, a- attributed to her. Right. I mean, I kind of go back and forth on this one because it's sort of like once you get, I mean, it's you want it for the solace of those families of what happened, yeah. but it's like if you are suspected of having been the murderer for all of these people, and then you get convicted for whatever it is, a life sentence for four of them, the same person still in jail for a life sentence. You know yeah. what I mean? More of the acknowledgement, but I know what you're saying. Um, so anyhow, pretty cut and dry. A psychiatrist who um, served as the chief of staff at Northampton VAMC, her, the hospital that she was at, um, had theorized that she had created medical emergency crises um, situations to display her proficiency as a nurse. So that was kind of the the savior complex thing, right? That was why she had been doing it. Um, you know, that's so nutty. It's really nutty. I mean, it's also super smart. It, super smart. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess so. 
That's um, true. Like the best way to show someone that you're good at your job is to create a problem and then fix it. Yeah, like I hack into Laura's computers and create all these issues, and then they're like, "Hold on, let me help me," and I'm like, "Oh my god, yes." <laughs> <laughs> I'm reporting you. Oh my god, call my boss. Great. <clears throat> this is why I'm so good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I can't really do that with my job can't be a hacker. No, well, you know, it's really about getting people jobs. The best so way would be fire them. Oh yeah, fire them, them and then hire them again mm-hmm. and say I've I see Thank all this you. value in you. Yeah. Yeah, and then they get And then they get beat. Yeah, and then they're grateful for me. Yeah. That would work. Yeah. Great. I'll well, put that on the docket that's for really Monday. Smart. Congrats. Great. Thank you. Um great. So so anyhow, 2001 is when this trial and conviction happens. That's so, so long. She, yeah, I mean, the investigation started in 96. She oh gets convicted God. of a stupid bomb threat in 98. 2001 is when the trial actually, like, comes to fruition and she gets convicted for the murders. Is she able to pay bail or was she in jail all the time? Um. Or was she just out walking? I do not remember. I would be super interested. I, yeah. Because some of these, like, serial killers and stuff, like, will pay bail and they'll just mm-hmm. be out on the street for years until the right. trial starts. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Um, so anyhow, the jury recommended that she receive a life sentence um, and on March 27th of that year, 2001, the, George, the judge formally sentenced Kristen to four consecutive life terms without possibility of parole plus 20 years. So that bitch ain't getting out. Um, and Is she still alive? She is still alive. Um, she had tried to get, or she had filed appeals for her court, for her court, for her case, um, several times for a new trial. Um, she tried to get it to go to the Supreme Court, but, you know, the prosecutors wouldn't let it happen. And in July 2003, she formally dropped those um, requests. So she's no longer trying to get out. Um, probably won't get out. And, uh, that is a story of the angel of death, Kristen Gilbert. That's nutty. Right? I, I like, want to meet her, though. I, I, I would imagine that she's quite sad as a person, yeah. right? Like, even during all of this, you know, the fact People that you get happy, the fact that you, that you get your happiness by... Yeah. Uh, yeah, hurting other people and then fixing those problems and then getting all that kind of acclaim. Yeah. I don't get me wrong, I understand how attention is addictive and you like want to do well so that people like you. I love to be the center of attention. Um didn't say that. Anyhow, I understand that. Like acclaim is nice. Perform if you're somebody that's very goal oriented where you you like achieving things, you're a high achiever. Uh Um and then you also have these issues where you are um, maybe feeling inadequate or you have these mental health issues and you're like, well, if the thing that makes me feel good is being a high achiever, m- meeting these goals, I just have to make the system where I'm the only person that can meet those goals. Yeah. Right? Um, because I'm the only person that knows what's going on because yeah. I induced them. So, you know, freaky shit that that is how some people's brains yeah. work. I mean, I want to meet her in like, I'm a psychiatrist. Oh, I see. Her. So after you, know you finish I mean? law school, you're gonna go be a psychiatrist. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I think. And I'm then interview murderers. Lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While I'm being a psychiatrist. Um, Pay for med school that way. But like, this is the reason I want to do like law with like criminals. Yeah. Because I think like. You think you're gonna do criminal law? I'd be really interested. I mean, I love working at the DA's office. 
but like mm-hmm. meeting people like this who you like have to talk to and get information out but they're like liars and stuff yeah um it's just like it's fascinating to me i'm sure it can be like insanely frustrating if you have to replicate that for like years and you're like just tell me the goddamn truth yeah um but people like this it's like so crazy to me like the spectrum of the human condition mm-hmm. um i don't know it's so nuts and like infuriating when it's like you are horrible but obviously you're like super mentally ill, Ill right yeah and like what's that line yeah of justification i don't want to i don't want to put it that way but like that's like the shitty part yeah is, like if you had meds for like schizophrenia or yeah whatever you might have like would this have happened like is right. your brain just super fun? no because there are plenty of, yeah because there are so many people that have mental health issues that don't, don't fucking kill, kill people, people. But it sounds so. like she had a specific set of, like, really serious yeah. issues. Yeah. I mean, nothing that I read about her had talked about specific trauma that she had induced that might mm-hmm. have contributed to this. Like, the thing with Patty Hearst where, you know, talking about she was kidnapped and then had yeah. PSD and then performed, like, performed, you know, um, committed all these crimes mm-hmm. and these things. But at the same time, maybe part of that was... I mean, a lot of that was induced. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have happened if she hadn't been kidnapped in the fucking first place. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, but yeah, Kristen Gilbert, That's whack, nice. whack, angel of death. Jeez, could you imagine being one of like her coworkers or something, uh, having to deal with that bullshit? I know. I'm sure so many people were onto her and being like, "This yeah, bitch." Maybe it took seven she years, but I'm sure there was a people. lot of years the way of people just gossiping in the people being like over the water her. cooler, being like, "Yo." you imagine going to the water cooler and be like, all right, Bolton, I have a crazy theory. Hear me out. Is it this you know, Kristen, <laughs> you know, Kristen, this bitch we work with, I think she's a murderer. Like, what if your coworker said that to you? You'd be like, bitch, stop I'd being be so like, crazy. <laughs> if she was this person, yeah, I'd be like, oh, you know, it sounds about right because everyone keeps dying with her. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like, nuts to me that people probably and also she probably sucked if she was a pathological liar i'd be like yeah i tried to just hang out with her like at drinks and she sucked she, like <laughs> she lied to me about the tab she said she was gonna pick up the next round she lied yeah she, she left out the bathroom she window. dipped yeah and she's a murderer and also she's a murderer so i mean you know that co-worker who everyone like shits on behind their back because they like suck yeah but you're also like, I guess we have to put up with them because they're my coworkers. Yeah, you can't escape them. Yeah. So. But if they're a murderer, it's like. Interesting. Well, anyway. Okay. That was fun. That was fun. Did you a nine girl episode. Oh, I had great fun. You had, you had great. Um, seven point. I was gonna say seven point eleven. Uh, it's not real. Seven eleven. Oh, you had seven eleven. No, I had seven point nine out of ten amount of fun okay yeah i think that sounds good that yeah. sounds right yeah what about you Definitely rate it 7-11 emotionally mentally how 7-11. are you feeling <laughs> as in let's go to 7-11 uh cool okay great well goodbye well this is this has been great um and uh should we slam the door as a sound of me just leaving leave <laughs> okay well we're done goodbye. we're done goodbye three two one bye